Normally in our First Nation culture, we don't identify as carers and taking care of our families here now or by distance is what we do and have done. And we never ask for help due to past trauma. Our mobs describe what rivers they have followed or lands they have lived their footprint on, their connection to country and how they've been caring for many generations past and present. Our mobs also talk about how they look after their own health and relationships, stay connected to their culture and to their spirits to keep their identity and dreaming alive. They all tell their stories with passion, sadness and to teach other carers what they do to survive as they have done for many generations. In these stories, you will find the healing power of listening and connecting and individual strengths. Holding on to that hope as you find one way of sharing common grounds. Welcome to Sharing Common Grounds of Caring Podcasts, hosted by me, Benny Egmelis. We've got another special guest today, Katrina. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Well, we always kick off, uh, you know, Blackfellow way, our way. <laughs> Who's your mob? Where you from? So I'm a Radjuri woman. I'm from Riverina. So my hometown is Leeton. Leeton. Oh, yeah. That's way out. Yeah, I've been out there once or twice. Been through Leeton and I used to go to Leeton. There's another one. And then Griffiths, like head out yeah, that way. That's right. Yeah. It spun me out. When I went out to, to Griffith there, I was really taken back. There were so many Italian Aboriginals. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just never, never seen so many Italian Aboriginals in my life. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know Italian Aboriginals existed. <laughs> But I went out there and it was just like everywhere. They are, yeah. And, and, and then they, they just sort of pulled it apart and they said, look, it's a very strong Italian community, very yeah. strong Aboriginal community. Yeah. So no doubt. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Mount Isa up in Queensland. Oh, nice warm weather up there. Hot, hot, dry hot, but it's good. It's a good dry hot. We had a lot of, with the camel driving in that up yeah. north, a lot of the Afghani men in, integrated into the Aboriginal community because oh. they, they brought them over to manage all the camels. Yep. And so you've got a lot of Aboriginal people up there that look almost Middle Eastern. <laughs> and then you go further up a little bit more and you've got where the um, a lot of the Chinese people came over for the gold rush. They uh, started to integrate into the community now and we've got a lot of you know, uh, Aboriginal people that look wow. Chinese, got the Chinese last name. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. It's very funny. But I love going and you see all these little different groups and, and how sort of like colonisation has, has sort of mapped out in these, in these groups. So. so much diversity. Yeah, heaps of diversity. That, that's why I tell people, you don't know who's a black fella. Yeah. You don't know where they're from, where they, who, what they look like. I agree. My son come out with blonde hair, hazel eyes. Fair skin, light skin. Yeah, my boy, light skin, blue eyes, blonde hair. Yep. Yep. You don't know, mate, all different shapes <laughs> and sizes. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your carer's journey because you're a bit of a funny one, hey? You've got, you're, you're a carer, but then also your sort of professional career, you support carers. Yeah. So what's your journey like as a carer? Talk, talk to us about it. Looking after the people in my household, just getting up every day, you know, making sure that they're okay, taking their medication, um, you know, making sure that they're safe. And then when I first started at Carers ACT, talking to other carers and listening to their stories, it made me realise that I had connection with them and that was me. That's what I was doing on a daily basis. Wow. So I identified that I was a carer. You were working just helping support carers and through listening to their stories and their journeys and the stuff that they were doing on a daily basis, she realised, geez, I'm one of them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that myself. Yeah. I'm caring myself. Yeah, when you're a partner, a wife, a mum, 
you don't look at yourself as a carer, not really fully understanding that you are a carer, but then listening to the stories is like, wow, you know, I, I can connect really to their stories that they were telling me. You know, that's so interesting you say that because, you know, like, you know, they used to say like labels are bad, right? Labels, yeah, of course they're bad. But, but sometimes when you label something, you know what to do. Yeah. You know how to do, you know what, what you need, you know exactly. I've seen um, recently putting our sons through some testing and that, you know, around yeah. the ADHD stuff and things like that and, and he's going to need some support. Yeah. And he's, you know, to help support him, he's really struggling. And I just said, you know what, it'd be great just to know what's, what's going on with him. Yeah. Once I know and I can, I've got a name, a label, a title, I know that there's a heaps of information then that I can look out for. Yeah. Read up on, I can, like we can just really shape and change our lives a bit better to help support him. And that's, I think, you know, for us uh, an important thing. But, you know, you, you, you've identified yourself as a carer. <laughs> what were the changes that sort of happened there, like, you know, for yourself? I kind of felt relieved, I guess, um, knowing, you know, the, the struggles that I was going through every day that other people were in the same shoes as me and that there was help and support out there. So when I first identified that I was a carer, I went to my manager and said, you know, listen to these stories. This is what I do on a daily basis. And they had really supported me around my caring role, which has been really good. Yeah, wow. That is so important, eh? Yeah. I spoke, I spoke to Auntie Deb. She just talked about how difficult it is in the workforce for carers. Yeah. I thought that, it, you know, it, it was a really big learning experience for me because I've been in HR for many years, working around the diversity and inclusion space. And I know there's plenty of support for people with disability, but carers, helping people mm. with disabilities and stuff, my Lord, there's nothing out there. There isn't, unless your workplace understands what it is to be a carer, they really don't understand what you go through every day, yeah. what you have to do. And when you're sitting there trying to work, you're not really working, you're worrying. Well, that's such a big need there, I think, for a lot of employers. And, and I hope that there's employers listening really to um, understand that journey of a carer, just to get them, get some support around uh, what you're doing in the workforce yeah. for your carers. And I think there's a lot of different companies, organisations out there that you could tap into. Uh, around helping create those support mechanisms internally. So, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, having a great employer, yeah. uh, a supportive employer, it makes a massive difference. It does, knowing that I have carers leave sitting there. So if something happens, I don't have to worry about, you know, if I'm going to be paid, whether I can pay my next bill because I know I have that leave there available. Oh, yeah. So what's that? You just rack it up. Yeah, so it just builds up over time um, and then, you know, it's the leave that you get to take uh, and then it just counts down. So it's kind of like an annual leave. True. So, yeah, just carers leave, they build it up and then, yeah, if something happens, you just let work know and they're so flexible. They should have hangover leave, I think, some, you know. <laughs> you know, because there's plenty of times where you wake up in the morning and go, look, I, I, I could really use that leave today, you know. Yeah. I could really use that leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, isn't there, there's got to be some sort of political party out there that's registered something, some bogans out there with, you know, waiting, waiting to fight for a bill of, of hangover leave. Come on. I, uh, I guess um, looking at a carer, like, what do you do to self-care as a carer? So self-care for me is um, connection to my friends, connection to my family. I have days where I just want to, you know, get in the car and go for a drive, 
I get my nails done uh, on a, you know, every fortnight. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I love my nails. Um, and I actually go for massages. So that's my time, my space, my relaxation. Yeah, I love I love going. A good massage for me is is my tension relief, you know, because I'm sitting down all the time now. Love a good massage. Yeah. Um, love sitting in the chair, you know, with the chairs and they give you the, the, the massage, you know, yeah. $2 in, <laughs> mate, I'll rack them up, 10 bucks to <laughs> rack it up. And all them all will be waiting in line there, but nah, that's my time, mate. That's me and that chair's time. I often, um, I often go, well, I call it home. So, you know, I have family live in West Wylong, so not far from Leeton. And to me, going back home is my respite. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This, is, this, this is something we, we talked about that previously about. You know, healing on country. Yeah. And when you get back on country, there's something that just happens. It's um, magical, you know. It's, it's, feel home. Yeah. It's it's just, I can't explain it to people when I try. I just say, I feel home. It's it's where I should be. I love it. I moved down south and I spent about maybe three, four years away from home and I hadn't been home. I was just getting sick all the time. Yeah. Just getting crook. You needed to go. Run down and and. mum sort of rang me and she said, we haven't been on country for a long time. Yeah. You know, she said, you want to come home? Yeah. She says something telling you to come home. So when I come home, when I got into my father's river, yeah, my grandfather's river, that's our sacred river for, for when we do stuff, uh, ceremony stuff. I got in that river, mate. I, I come out of the water. I cried. Yeah. Healed. Yeah. I just cried and you cried. Feel it. Yep. Yeah. There was something and then, and then my dad and then my other father, my dad's uh, brother, cousin brother, come yep. over and put their hand on me because they just knew that it's been so long. And that's what I needed, country healing. Yeah. It does something to your soul. It does. Losing my dad so young, like I was 16 and when he passed. Oh, sorry about that. Um, and, you know, when I go back there, you know, I go out and clean his grave and that up. But I sit there and I still feel connected, like that's yeah. what I need. I, sometimes I feel lost. And then when I go home, I feel, I feel, re- I, I don't even know the word for it. It just. It's, it, to me, it's your, your, your center. Yeah. To me, um, when I go out on country, I'm reminded of what's important and what's not. And then I walk away with a bit more clarity about things. Yes. That's really what it is because yeah. you've got your family, you've got your mob, your strength, your centre, you've got your country, your stories, your ancestors are, they're speaking to you, and it all comes together for me. And, it, and I can easily work out what, what's important. What's not important? I never, I've never walked off country and, and still been confused about where to go. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah. Like I, I know what I've got to do now moving forward. That's what I feel. You love hanging out with friends, so that's a, that they, an extrovert, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm an extrovert. Love getting around them and yarning. <laughs> I, I, like, I remember listening to a, a guy say the difference between an introvert and extrovert. He goes, an introvert will start off with $50 and every time they go out to a social outing, it's you got to take $10 away, <laughs> you know, you know, get out to an extra. Yeah. That's me. Every time you go, it's a $10 removed, $10 removed. Because an, an extrovert's the opposite. They start off with $0. Yeah, like, we build it up. Every time you meet someone, <laughs> you hang out with someone, it's $10 in the bank, $10 in the bank. Yeah, I'm an extrovert. My husband's an introvert. I don't know how we connected. but Same. Yeah, he, he doesn't like going out mingling a lot. You know, it could be due to his health. But me, I love being around people, yarning and. Just that connection. Big dream stuff, you know. You've got 12 months coming up, you know, as a carer. Like, what do you think about, what do you want to achieve as you know, in, your, in, your, in your life of dreams or what are you sort of, what are your hopes for in the next 12 months? This is where I'm aiming for. This is what I want to do, where I want to be. You know, so sometimes we get very focused on 
what's going on on the mundane day to day. Yeah. And then sometimes there's just that, that one thing, you know, that we go, look, but there's that thing that I want to sort of achieve. I've achieved great goals at the moment. So I've just worked my way up into management. Wow. So my goal in the next 12 months is to know my position, know my contracts, know who I am and know how to support my team, my organization, just being that go-to person. Within your organization, so you're, you work for one of a few service providers around here. Tell us a bit about your role. Like, what do you do specifically? So at the moment, um, I'm managing probably about nine people on my team. So they're my frontline staff. They're the ones who are listening, who are helping, referring, you know, putting in services. They are the ones who are just doing it on a daily basis and helping people. For me, it's, it's about being that person there when, you know, they have a hard call, they can come and debrief with me uh, to know that if they need any information or advice or referrals or anything like that, that hopefully I have the answer and if not, I'll help them find the, the answer. I love that bit because I remember speaking to um, one of the full-time carers and they said, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I had a question, so I rung up and she said it was a weird question. It was like I needed my yard cleaned or, or something and, yep. and she said, I just rung up and asked. I said, yep. I rung up and asked, could someone do my yard? And they organised people to come around and, and do, do her yard, yep. clean it up. And she said it made a, a massive difference because you're really time poor yeah, you're, you're you're on the grind every day, and yeah. something simple like that, which would take us over weeks and weeks, yeah, picking little hours out here and there to do the yard, said took them one weekend. That's right, and in that time, they can sit down, they can have a cuppa, they can you know connect with their family. It's not always have to be about the caring role there and then on that spot. Yep, it's about that connection that they need. Hey, you mob, do you help support and care for your parents? your aunties, uncles, grandparents, cousins, siblings who live with a disability or a medical condition, including terminal and chronic illness, a mental illness or frail age. Carers ACT offer a range of supports and services designed to support, connect and empower First Nation carers in their caring roles and personal well-being with programs such as short-term replacement, in-home care and respite when you need to have a break or unexpected illness. Carers ACT offers counselling, educational workshops, social and therapeutic activities and advocacy. By working together, we help our First Nation carers feel relaxed and supported so they can keep leading fulfilling lives, continue their caring relationships and maintain their sense of self and cultural connection. Carers ACT is the delivery partner of the Carer Gateway in the Australian Capital Territory. And if you want to have a yarn with our friendly First Nation worker, you can work together in finding how we can support you and connect you to culturally appropriate services. You can now call the One National Number, 1800 422 737. That is linked to a wide range of services, and we want to support you through your caring journey. And, you know, this is just for any service providers out there. Like, when a carer rings up, like, what, what sort of support can they expect to get from different service providers? Through our service, we offer many, many supports. And whether that is connecting them to a long-term sustainable outcome or whether it's, you know, giving them the information that they need or the referral pass or just being there on the phone to them and just listening. I remember some of them said, you know, they love, they love the retreats. Yeah. <laughs> they love the retreats where they could all get away with other. So what's the t- retreat? Like- so, you know, the retreats is offered to, 
you know, the carers there all get together um, to be able to have some respite and to connect to each other and to share their stories, to build that relationship with each other and to be able just to sit and relax. I love that that ability of sharing stories because that's uniquely us as Mob, eh? Yep. You know, the way that we share stories is uniquely us. I remember a job with a client and we had such a diverse range of people in a room from yeah. high-level government to, you know, entry-level staff, and we had to figure out how to draw out a bunch of principles or yeah. agreements out of these guys about how they're going to work together. But how? Like, they were all so different. They weren't yeah. – they were all different cultural backgrounds. But we started to share their journeys around difficult situations they've been through. Yeah. And what got them through that. Yeah. What were the what were the things that got them through that? And we heard stories of families losing everything in the in the bushfires. Yeah, family who's uh, come from um, you know the Holocaust. You know their great great grandfather or grandfather was in it. Uh, family you know that had come from war torn countries. Family yeah. that had come from poverty. Family have lost children. Yeah, it was wow. and that pain and that discussion in that room around that. Those stories were so powerful that everybody found they all said the same thing what got them through pretty yeah. much, you know, family, but blending, working together, teamwork, all of these. And that just was such a powerful, powerful thing as they started to talk about their journey. Uh, I think that's amazing. Like it doesn't matter what your background is, cultural background or that or even the challenges you're going through specifically, when you share your journey with somebody who understands has been through the same thing, powerful. It's powerful because it's connection. Yep. Like the cultural uh, retreats that we have, so it's about taking them away, taking them to, you know, off, off their country to another country and to learn different ways mm -hmm. and to be able to connect with other mobs around uh, and then also still tell their stories that way as well. Yep. You know, sitting around a campfire like we do, just yarning up, having a cuppa, yep. them stories come out and everyone's so unique, but yet they can still connect. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. So you got, you've got the retreat. I know that was a big hit with a lot yeah. of the, the carers. What else would a carer kind of expect when they're ringing up, you know, uh, for the first time? Do they get nervous or, or are they concerned? Or Yeah, they're nervous. They're, they're quite stressed, you know, because they, they don't know what to do. They don't know who to reach out to. And then once they hear about our service, they call in. And it's just about sitting there and listening to their story. And then also just realizing that there is some, some services we can put in place. So, you know, someone who can't really maintain their house because they're so busy caring that they've just let it go. So we can put in services to help them clean up a little bit, to help them maintain that area. Yeah, well. Like you said, the yard, the yard is huge. We see that a lot. The wives are the ones who are in the caring role as well. And it's really hard for them to get out there and to be able to prune back the trees and do the mowing. So it's knowing where we can put our services in and how that's going to help them. But also look for that long-term goal, though. We want to help them for a long-term solution. Give them the skills and the tools to be able to handle crisis. What does that look like? So you say handling crisis. Um, I really want to dig into that a bit giving them the skills to handle crisis. Talk to us a little bit about that. What sort of skills would, would they kind of look at? So skills would be knowing 
to have to have an emergency kit near them. So if something goes wrong, they can go to that kit and pull out. You know, it could be a magnet with a number on it. It could be the aged care service that they need to contact. It could be, you know, having the family numbers there. So it's about, yeah, making sure that they've got everything around them. So when they feel like everything is heightened, they have all the information in front of them to help them get through that. If not, they have our number. They can call us and we can guide them through that process. uh, It's funny. We were talking about resilience this week, the importance of resilience, but I always look at our mob, you know. Yeah. We're, we're so resilient as a people. Yeah. Do we need resilience training? I said, brother, we've got history. <laughs> history is our resilience training, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, it's so true. <laughs> we're just built for We're just built for this. Yeah, you we, know? we do what we do. We get up we, and we do it. You know, we're just built for this. <laughs> so I love it. What's, what are some of the things you really love about your job in, in helping carers? Working with the carers and connection, knowing that I can make a difference in someone's life, and to know that they'll be okay. I'd love that. I think as human beings, we have to live our life to dedicated to helping others. I think in yeah. some way, shape, or form, doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. And I think for us as mob, as a community, we're just built that way. We're taught that way to help, help, yeah. mob, help each other. We do it. Yeah. We do it every single day. And I think that that's, it brings such a satisfaction. I'm trying to teach that in my son, actually, who's... You know, still, still. Uh, how can I put it? <laughs> Let's say if I ask for a bite of his chocolate, I don't get one. You know, <laughs> you got to share, bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mum and dad said, "Um, uh, a laugh or cracked up." He went up north there, and he's an only child, right? So yeah. he's very used to finishing his own thing on his own. Gets what he wants, you know. That's half my fault. Um. But there he goes up north where my sister's got five kids. She's got another five kids. You know, like they're big, uh, big mob. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, they're not used to just buying a chocolate and eating it on their own. They bite and share, share it. it. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way it is up there. They were wondering where you kept running off to. You kept going missing. And Mum said, "Yeah, I walked up the back there and I saw him. He'd gone buy his chips and his his chocolate. He died. Run up, run up at the back, <laughs> hide in this little 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 bushes area there, and eat it all on his own. <laughs> <laughs> He's clever. <laughs> I laughed my head off. I I rang up because I, I I said I said what's this fellow? Said he was running around up the back there and has he been smoking and carrying on? <laughs> Mum said no. I saw him up there. He's eating that chocolate. Worse, she reckons worse. He's up there not sharing." <laughs> Oh, what a, what a rat! What a rat bag! Connecting with uh, Aboriginal carers is amazing. Like, I think when they first call into our service, they want someone who's culture appropriate. Uh, I'm trying to build up the trust with uh, you know carers to say that it's okay to call that one eight hundred number. To you know, not all the time because I'm so busy. You can reach out, and I, that's what I'm trying to work on right now. Um, you know, I'm not always going to be that one person, but I'll always be there if they need me. I think that's something we need in the industry, like more Aboriginal support workers in yeah. caring if, for carers? Definitely, I think so. Um, you know, getting someone who can understand, connect, reach out when they need to, and to be able to, you know, be that person to be able to spread the word through the community and the networks, sit there in a meeting and, and bring it up that it's not okay to do things, that, you know, these carers need help and support. So it's, you know, really unique and I really look for that person. It's around that whole cultural safety stuff, eh? Yeah. So, I mean, we work a lot with that in 
with organisations helping them create culturally safe environments. And cultural safety is for everybody, but if you can get it right with, with the First Nations mob, which, you know, then it, you, you'll be able to expand that cultural safety easy with, with other, you know, different diverse groups. Definitely. But it's, it's such an important element to have in your organisation. And one of the things that, the, you know, that you want to achieve around cultural safety is growing your Aboriginal workforce in that area. Yeah. When mob are delivering services to mob, it's always better to have mob de- delivering those services to mob. That's right. And it's, it's around a trust thing, you know, like where, you, you know, I don't know if you, if you mob out there listening, uh, know a bit about our history, but we have a, a massive history of distrust yep. with, with, with government, yep. with government organizations and so forth. And, and that's happened due to, you know, past, you know, trauma and injustices. But over time, these things have changed and there's a lot of support, a lot of help, a lot of positive things out there for mob and, and some of them won't engage because of that distrust. That's it, why I try to be that role model. Yeah. Like, look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm being a voice and they can too. Yeah. They, they don't need to have the, the skills. Everyone's trainable. Give it a go. What do you, what do you think you need? Like, like qualifications or study or what, what do you reckon? I mean... You don't really have to study anything because you can come into an organisation and every organisation gives you time to go and learn and to be qualified on the job. I think, you know, you have to have that connection, the passion. You want to empower carers. You want to give them the voice. You don't want to be the voice. You want to give them the voice. If, if you can do that, then you can do anything. I was doing some research on the journey of the uh, disability rights space and running it alongside the... Um, you know, our First Nation space, First Nation people and our journey side by side. And I remember, you know, seeing the rights for people with disability, almost things starting to happen around the same time we're yeah. starting to get our rights. Yep. And uh, it was funny, the first kind of national or international conference for people with disability was held in Australia. The people with disability had to fight for the right to be at that conference, to yeah. speak and have a voice. That was a really interesting thing for me. It, was, it wasn't even necessarily their presence. It was that their voice was heard by them in that, in that particular. That's what I'm talking about. And, and, it, and it blew me away that, um, that they, they, they were given approval or permission. Yes. <laughs> Just like hosting an Aboriginal conference <laughs> and us blackfellas applying, can we please come and talk at our own conference? You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. And you know what? They have the courage to do it. But that's such an important thing, having a voice. I, I, I know some out there, you know, you, you might be listening and you feel like, I don't know if I have a voice or that. What would you say to them, you know? Well, how would you encourage them? If you wake up every day and you want to make a change, you have a voice and you can use it and people listen. And just pick the phone up and, and, and call somebody. Just call, yeah. call any. Reach any, out. Yep. Yep, definitely. And talk because I, I think, the moment you focus on, like, look, i got a problem, i got a challenge, this is a too much. Like for me, I think, get straight after it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know for me, every time I've gotten stuck, and this is, and I'm talking personal here yeah. in my stories, every time I've gotten stuck around stuff, the moment I said to myself, I need help, I don't, I don't know who to talk to, I don't know what to do, I, I just a pathway cleared out for me. Something about the universe just makes that happen. A pathway clears out for you. Yeah. For us today, I think the most important question is, um, who do you support in your in, in the in... Rabbitos? Oh Lord, do you know what? I'll give you that one. Jed bunnies. 
I'm a I'm a devout Cowboys supporter and go Queensland. <laughs> yep. Know, Queensland, that beautiful state that God blessed. Yeah. For us, um the South Rabbitohs, the Rabbitohs are the only <laughs> southern team that I can stomach. You can have the oceans, I'll have the river. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else, oh, I can't stand them, mate. They're, 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 uh, I, I could barely stare the Brisbane Broncos, mate. You know, oh, mate. as far south as I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> I said to my son, "If you ask my son, he goes, what does Dad dislike the most?' He goes, racists and yep. bulldogs.' <laughs> bulldogs. Oh, my husband, jeez, he's a big bulldog supporter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Katrina, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Really appreciate it, and um, thank you for sharing your story. No worries. Thank you. Well. Another great chat with a First Nation carer in Canberra. And thanks to Carers ACT for making this yarn possible. If you are caring for a family member, a friend, a spouse, a neighbour, or someone who lives with a disability, a medical condition, including a terminal or chronic illness, a mental illness, or is frail and aged, then Carers ACT can help. That's right, Benny. Carers are unpaid help who support with daily living activities. And Carers ACT recognises and promotes the roles that carers have in our Canberra community. We offer a range of services designed to support, connect and empower carers in their caring roles and personal wellbeing with programs such as short-term replacement care, when you need a break, counselling, educational workshops, social and therapeutic activities and advocacy. Sounds great. How do the support services help? Great question, Benny. Our supportive programs are designed to build resilience and knowledge, offer stress management strategies, relax and re-energise your body, mind and provide a unique opportunity to connect socially with other carers. By working together, we can connect you to other carers, provide advice and guidance and give you a break when you need it so you can maintain your caring relationship and a sense of self. I know that Carers ACT is the delivery partner for the Carers Gateway in the ACT. How can people get in touch and have a yarn about how you can help? Carers can now call the One National number, 1800 422 737. That is linked to a wide range of services. What if people don't know exactly what they need help with? Can they still call? Totally. You don't have to know exactly what to ask for. You can just talk through any problems you are having and the Carer Gateway staff will try and match you with services that can help. Amazing. Thanks for filling us in. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Sharing Common Grounds of Caring Podcasts. See ya.